0: Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, stories from school, where we tell each other stories and we learn from listening. All right, well, uh, uh, welcome back to the Share Chair Podcast. Thanks, people, for tuning in. I'm Greg Koblack from Fruport High School, and today we have with us John Winskis. So, John, say hello. Hello, everybody. And, uh, John, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like Some people talk about their family a little bit, and then we'll talk about what you do here at the school.
1: Okay, my name is John Winskis, I'm the Director of Operations. Been in this position for about 17 years, been with the district about 26. Started as an HVAC service tech here. Uh, currently live in the district, also graduated from the district from 1987. I'm an old guy. <laughs> I have two children in the district. I have one, gr- one student that graduated from Fruport. Her name is Haley. She's actually attending uh, Fair State University and just recently got accepted to their uh, pharmacy program. And then my son, Hayden, is a junior at Fruitport High School, and he is in the band and plays on a football team and loves to golf.
0: Good, and that's not your only family. You have another family member that's associated with the school, too. Do you want to say something about uh, your wife there? Oh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Also, um, yes, and my wife also works for the school district, and she's been here 31 years, and she is the athletic uh, director, secretary.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you're uh, great. So, I want to talk more about what well, you talked about your job, but we kind of you kind of brought up you have a long history with Fruitport, right? You were a student and you graduated, and now you're a parent. You're also an employee. You were a student athlete, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, what is it uh, that you love about uh, Fruitport?
1: I think what I love about Fruitport is everybody pretty much knows everybody, which is a very small town feel. And now we're starting to bloom a little bit. The community's starting to bloom a little bit, um, getting a lot, getting a lot of movement, a lot of building going around the, the township. So, it, I think it, within the next 10 years, I think Fruitport is going to be the place to be in the county.
0: So, tell me more about blooming. You mean blooming with with a population or blooming with opportunities? Yeah. Um, well, I think
1: the casino. Once the casino happens, and it's going to happen sooner or later. But uh, we we have one of the fastest growing. Um, residential populations in the county with building permits with uh, residential homes not so much apartment complexes but actual residential homes and they're on the, the mid to higher end range from anywhere from 250 up to like five hundred thousand dollars which is great for the community it keeps that keeps our bond levels low and also pays off our uh, our extending debt
0: and, and you're talking from the school point of view, right? In terms of uh, that, yep. which because opportunities for kids and opportunities to do things like build yes. beautiful buildings, which we'll talk about uh, shortly. There, Absolutely. So And so, tell me what it was. Tell me how Fruitport's changed since when you were a student to when, because <laughs> you said, did you? Did you say you graduated in '89? '87. '87. 1987. And so, yeah. So, tell me how the community's changed. I moved here in 1999, okay. so uh, it's been a while since. So you know.
1: when I went to high school here at Fruitport the area we're in now wasn't even here and we were actually larger student population size where we had four portables out here by the old tennis courts um but we also only had one gym and we had a cinder track that we actually ran on and our football field was a lot smaller back then and in 1997 they passed a bond and made it all bigger but um Just the whole growth around the community has been phenomenal. So where the mall is, where Menards is, that all used to be blueberry fields. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't a whole lot of industry in Fruitport, and now in the last thirty years, it's just it's it's blooming, and and I think it's just because of the community and our our tax rate is is at a really low rate for homeowners and businesses
0: it's a great so, place to move your family and and, and it's st- just
1: i mean crime rates low i mean it's just it's just a great place i love Fruitport, gem gem of the county i like to say
0: all right <laughs> and then you mentioned too right because the, the old uh, horse race track has been put into trusts and land from a uh, you know a tribe right native american tribe with hopes of building a casino and it, that's has been like 15, 20 years, it's going to be another 15 years, whatever it is, to go through all the hoops and the So the one thing that stuff, I think they're so.
1: waiting on now is the governor to sign the the declaration. Once she signs it, it's they will have that casino built in under a year, they're saying.
0: And then there will be, a, yeah, and then there'll be... And a, that
1: will enhance that whole Harvey uh, corridor there as long as Sternberg as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's just going to make... It's going to bring more people in. It's going to bring more families in. It's going to bring uh, 800 to 1,200 jobs. Um, they're saying in the first year, which is just phenomenal for the area, not mm-hmm. just Fruitport, but all, all the surrounding areas as well.
0: Yeah. So that's great to just to hear your passion and, and the love of the community. That's great. And, uh, so the, the, the shared chair podcast kind of focuses on uh, our new tagline is like, uh, stories from schools. And so you work at the school now and you said you're the director of operations. Do yes. I have that right? Yes. What does that mean? John, tell us so what that means.
1: The, here's the quick answer. um, Anything above the roofs, below the ground, I'm pretty much in charge of. A lot of the purchasing, a lot of the planning, a lot of the future facility planning, but the day-to-day operations, playgrounds, boilers, plumbing, Ordering of supplies, uh, just day-to-day maintenance issues, taking care of all of that, that's, that's, it's, it's a pretty big job. I don't think a lot of people understand it um, until they sit in a seat for a while.
0: <laughs> I bet. Now, that's not where you started, right? When, when I first started at Fruitport, you were more kind of just zoomed in on, on just a school or two, and you've kind of climbed yep. into that position, right?
1: Yep. So I started at Fruitport, like I said, as a, as a HVAC technician. Uh, we were just getting ready to, to uh, pass a, pass a millage back then and they were looking for um, somebody to take us to the next level in HVAC because of all of the all the new technology and everything along them lines. So I, I did that for about six or seven years and then went actually went to college then, graduated when I was 30 from college with an associates in uh, business or, uh, business science. and and my aspirations when I first when I first started here was, I wanted to take the, the operations director's job in less than 10 years and that's about how it fell. Oh, so I, I, I didn't just want to be a maintenance person. I wanted to run it. I, I watched it for many years and said, "Man, I, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life."
0: Wow, that's great. So <laughs> what what kind of uh, what's the best part of your job then?
1: Why do you like it? The best part is is just it's something different every day. You're not doing you're not come not coming and just making a fidget. I'm not coming and just making a widget. I'm not dealing with the same exact people every day. I deal with a lot of issues, a lot of problem solving, a lot of troubleshooting, and a lot of future planning, which is – that's my favorite part of the job.
0: And so – that sounds challenging but you seem to are embracing the challenge right working with problem solving and dealing with different people that sounds like some people wouldn't like that but you embrace it
1: yeah and i think when i first graduated from port i went in the military and i think the military set me up for that to deal with a lot of a lot of stressy, there's a lot of stress in your jobs but also multitasking and that's what this job is is just one big multitask so oh. i could be dealing with a uh, a bad refrigeration unit over here and then turn around and we have um, a bus accident over there or, or a potential fire and and then you have to switch gears and then start all over again.
0: Uh, I, Yes. As an employee here and coach here, I remember I, I had to reach out to you many times like, uh, John, I smell gas. I'm calling John. Right. Uh, I recently talked about how you liked uh, for homecoming. You like to make the field be part of uh, the, the grounds of crew, making that working, you know, looking as yeah. sharp as can be. And from uh, trying to learn how to bust through windows with protective film on them. Right. Correct. Like you have you have yes. such a variety of yeah. things that you do. Um, so I didn't know about this about you, uh, having, uh, working in the military. So tell us, want to tell us anything to share about that? That's... Um,
1: yeah. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after I graduated high school and, and, you know, I wasn't really ready for college there. Here's the thing about when I graduated seven, there wasn't a lot of employment like there is now. You had to really work hard, or know somebody in the Muskegon area to find a job like
0: that. So, if you wanted to go like into a blue collar job, you wanted to get on an assembly line or work in a plant, you had to pretty much know somebody. You because had to have The unemployment a rate
1: was extremely low back then, okay. so there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So, my father was in the military, and I just talked to him about it. And He said, "You know, go see the world, do what you can." And ended up signing up and left in August in 1987. And uh, Got into air defense artillery with the the Patriot missile system was just coming online, so I actually brought that into uh, into the real world. So whoa,
0: whoa, that sounds that sounds complicated. What awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, the
1: so live fire some missiles in Crete, Greece? I was stationed in uh, in uh, Würzburg, Germany, for three years. I did my three years, and then I then I wanted to come out and do something else. In
0: which branch were you serving? Army, you army, army. army. All yeah. right, and you were helping set up the the Patriot missile yep. defense systems. Around Working the world, out
1: all the bugs. Wow,
0: <laughs> man! Well, that sounds like uh, something we won't be able to dive deep into in yeah, this conversation. For sure. But next time uh, <laughs> we have a chance, so well, uh, yeah. Let me see here. Uh, well, let's let's keep talking about your job there. So one of the things that I notice is that you have to work with a lot of different people as operations director right, or director of operations. Yes, and so. Uh, so uh, did the military help you develop, like, the leadership skills needed to or, – or, or maybe they came from another place in addition? Can you tell us a little bit about your – where uh, working with people and leadership, you can something in well, that direction?
1: I think when you're in the military, it, it kind of sets you up for life because you're working with – Colonels, you're working with sergeants. You're working with corporals. You're working with lieutenants. You're working with captains. So when I went in, I was an E2, so I was a private. So everybody was above me for the most <laughs> part. Um, so you have to learn to talk in different in different tones to different people. You know, uh, I was in two years, and then one of my one of my lieutenants that was in the fire control system with me. Just graduated from West Point. Well, they have a whole different outlook on the military than a than a private who went through basic. Because
0: they're training for leadership position yes. more. Okay. And
1: they everybody thinks they're John Wayne coming out of West Point. <laughs> so you know, talking to them and then talking to the captain that's been in for five or ten years that's been there and says, "Okay, Winskis, it's okay. You know, just just work them through it. We got to get them trained. And you know, just learning how to deal with different personalities, I think, is the biggest part of this job. And not taking a lot of stuff personally. Some people don't make this job because of that. It's, you, you deal with a lot of problems, so you have to be a big problem solver.
0: So, so let me guess. Let me see if I can tie a bow on this. Like when you talk to the superintendent, there might be a different tone mm-hmm. than if you talk to someone that you hired that runs a company versus a board member, the assistant principal of one building for a different, uh, uh, just a community member in yeah, general. Just, so. just
1: talking to... We have seven, eight principals across the district. I can't talk to... The elementary principal like i talked to a uh, high school principal because it's just two different environments yeah. two different cultures you know just like the middle school and the high school a lot of people it's the same it's not the same it's a, it, there's a whole lot of difference between high school and middle school um as far as dealing with the, the different issues and dealing with the kids and, and dealing with the staff well
0: it sounds like you bring a lot of wisdom and experience to your job which you're very successful at so
1: had a lot of good people learned you know it's like life yeah you follow people. You learn leadership. You take that. You take the positives, and you forget the negatives, and 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 grow from there. So I've had a lot of great leaders to, to learn from well, for sure.
0: You, maybe you should drop some names. Who are some of these people?
1: I think Joe DeMarco was one of them. He was he was positive. Uh, Nick Sigleric, mm-hmm. old superintendent. Greg Helmer from Mona Shores and Ravanna now. Um, Bob Shmoniak. and and I've learned a lot from, uh, I've, Lauren Chesney. Rob Rogers, I take a little bit of everybody and try to try to learn from them because life it just happens, you know, you you learn by experience and different people are experienced in different areas and the prime example is Lauren Chesney in this building. I mean, 3 years of construction going on, you're you're well aware of it. She had to shift and adjust something every single day. So she is a by far a better leader now than she was 3 years ago.
0: Because, yeah, surviving the stress. Well, Correct. Well, listeners might not know exactly what we're referring to, so let's set the plate for that. So okay. so just a few weeks ago, and why I reached out to you about being uh, an interview for the Shared Chair Podcast at this time, is Fruitport High School just went through a major, major reconstruction. We pretty much tore down... Uh, our old high school, and built a new high school right over on top of it. <laughs> we left one little wing over here in the science area. One, that we kept an athletic area, and you know that got remodeled too. And it was a long journey, right, from uh, convincing voters that this was the right thing to uh, the planning to the execution, and. Uh, the fruit students and staff certainly have been resilient through all of this. And I'm really proud of uh, the students that we work with and so on. And uh, you, as the operations director, had a huge... Uh, Burden a huge opportunity. <laughs> I call it a huge, an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but you had a huge role in that. So um, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this, but I feel like we have to. So, do you want to start by some timeline of things, or talk about the challenges or the joy? Now that it's near the end,
1: you know, so. looking back, I loved the the night of the ribbon cutting because it actually showed a video of start to finish, and you don't realize how much stuff you forgot along the way without seeing it on a video, like the tearing down of the the very first thing was tearing down the wood shop and starting the foundation and starting all the infrastructure for the new for the new academic wings
0: and i remember that because my classroom it was is right, right adjacent and <laughs> and we had these vibrations that were going on for for months and
1: months as, as demolition then,
0: was occurring while we're trying to, absolutely. to learn and yeah. then
1: the demolition of the old second cafeteria to make room for the new uh, art room and and robotics mm-hmm. and stem classroom so that was that was year that was the first year so we got through that year and in about year and a half then they had the academic wing the second story built and that's when we started moving into the second story so i actually had i think 17 high school and college kids come in and work with me over over the christmas break and we literally had christmas day off and new year's day off to get everybody ready yeah, so this oh, is to, yeah,
0: so people that need a reminder don't know that we had to move from the old classrooms to the new classrooms so we could start tearing down the old in classrooms in literally 10 days. <laughs> and they did it over Christmas holiday instead yeah. of over summer holiday, which would have been a lot less stressful for people that you hired.
1: <laughs> and I think you used the perfect word resilient because the, the students were great, the staff was great. Did we, did we have issues? Yes. But we dealt with them as they came along. Nobody got upset for the most part. I mean, it just, this, this kind of thing, nobody can plan for a mid-year move. It's very difficult. So how many boxes do you order? Who's moving the stuff? What kind of stuff do we need to, what kind of carts do we need to move? we need to buy some, some new, some new technology, new processes, new protocols. Um, Do we take personal stuff? Do we leave personal stuff? What are we taking? What are we leaving? Um, that sort of thing. So uh, it was, a, it was a, a hit and miss, but I think all in all it was a, it was a great success, I think, for, for 10 days to move almost 92,000 square feet of, of furniture and equipment and personal stuff from one building to another and actually go to up to a second story without an elevator then.
0: Oh, the elevator, wasn't, the elevator working. wasn't
1: online yet so and
0: we say from one building to another i mean it's kind of attached but you had to go outside mm-hmm. to get from that and, and, and that was in the middle of
1: december <laughs> so uh
0: yeah so i'm, so I'm then, glad we survived that
1: yeah so then after that then it was then it was hit and miss with the well hold on now let's bring up the big one we literally moved in in january covid shut us down in february beginning of March
0: oh I can't man I forgot so that that timeline. was
1: literally our students were able to be in this building for about two months and then COVID shut us down for the rest of 20 and then the beginning of 21 and then you know everybody knows knows the, the rest from there mm-hmm. so that gave us gave us a little bit of an opportunity where we could have more construction workers on site but we still had to deal with the COVID With the COVID. Some companies weren't working, some companies were working. So when you're building a project like this, the timelines are extremely tight. So we had to do a lot of phone calls and mask mandates. And okay, we can only have three people in this area at one time with mask. And then some of them had to weld and they couldn't have a mask on because they have a breathing apparatus on. And it just it worked out well. I think Fruport is better for it, but it was uh, that was probably one of the most stressful times in my career because that was okay, are we gonna are we gonna hit our timelines now? Because now it's three months. Yeah, yeah. That that we don't know what's gonna happen. And so things were changing daily on what on the protocols for for having people on site.
0: This pandemic was brand new, people were throwing things out. It was like don't even leave home for yep. a while and nobody and was we had on some campus contractors at all. that
1: didn't show up for a month. Yeah. But that put so they tried to work around that. Uh, you know, and and some worked out well, some didn't work out well. With a little bit of pushing and shoving, we we got them back on the job and got them working. No, it but.
0: was a well orchestrated set yeah. of who's going to do what when and planned yeah, around. For so, sure. Uh, so what? Uh, so we've got through this. I mean, there's probably a little bit still going on, right? Yes, we still uh, here, we're have recording um, this in October. Some uh, is there something in the athletics area? So we have two
1: PE locker rooms going that are going to be going online. Hopefully within the next month. Uh, we actually have an officials locker room now, so they have two restrooms, two full-size restrooms in there, and they have a locker bay, so all the refs can go into, t- all the officials can go mm-hmm. into their own locker area, and they don't have to share with kids or anymore like that. Um, and we have a brand new training room, and then we have the blue team room and the white team room that went on, went online a year ago. So, um, yeah, and that's that's about what we have left, and they're finishing up landscaping, and uh, the parking lot was put in, so.
0: And then right after that, there's more to come, right? Because we pass Absolutely. another bondage, right? And they're going to be doing work at other buildings. Am I right, finger, John? Please tell me there's some air conditioning coming to the buildings. Air
1: conditioning will be starting in the high school in about three weeks. Oh, great. They'll be in starting to ins- the Just installation piece. Just in time for piece. winter. Exactly. <laughs> um
0: (laughs) And that's because the pandemic, the supply chain, parts are hard to come by and stuff. So the size of
1: the units we're needing are really special order, and special order items are anywhere from four to six months out right now, mainly because of the metal and the coppers that are used Mm -hmm. in there. The supply chain is just really taxed right now.
0: And then you'll be involved. We're going to be putting new new field turf on the football field. Football field
1: turf going down, a new track going down. Um, we're actually going to put a parking lot in in front of the football field where all that dirt was. That's going to actually be a asphalt parking lot.
0: Like between the middle school parking lot and yep. the football field, there'll be additional so that triangle, parking. Yep, okay. there'll
1: be a triangle there, which will be, which will help us with the ADA parking. So, most of that will be ADA, but then there's going to be, I don't know if they're going to work on something with the Touchdown Club about selling some VIP parking. Okay. So, they're working on that with them. And we are going to be getting six new tennis courts, ripping up our existing tennis courts, because them were put in in '97. Oh. And, and they're they, starting to show really bad cracks in you them, and them. You just can't resurface. And yeah, it's bigger. not something you can just uh, just put some asphalt in. It, it's it's getting pretty well, bad. And the two
0: so. newer ones compared to the six holder ones, those yeah. two new ones do yeah. r- look really so nice.
1: So what's go- what's going to be nice is they're actually going to match those with the fencing and everything. So it's going to be the, the viewable fencing and and that sort of thing with a little bit of uh, more concrete around it, so we can so you can maneuver around with some stands. And then uh, we're going to be doing a tennis building out there as well. Well, we're, in we we general, some roofing projects going.
0: But in general, it's just an exciting time to be a Trojan, right? exciting time for the Fruport. I
1: think Fruport has set themselves up for nothing but success for the future and for all of our buildings. I don't know if this is a good time to segment into the facility plan. So we have a 50-year facility plan. Yeah, Um, we'll touch on that a little bit. So right now, uh, Edgewood is the next building that's targeted for for Mm -hmm. demo. And that's going to be in about seven years. We can ask the taxpayers to renew an existing bond for a zero-mill increase um, to generate another $50 million. And then we'll put Edgewood, actually behind Edgewood, towards the practice field. It'll be a two-story building. And then that'll alleviate a lot of area up here, add more parking. We could do some more, some more uh, practice fields. Um, and it's just it's just going to be phenomenal. So 10 years after that, it'll be another building and i'm not sure on the i'm not sure on the, the, the which building it's going to be it's pr- it'll be probably be beach beach is the old, one of the yeah oldest but, in a,
0: if the voters, but if the voters you know
1: again a lot of this is based on future growth and if we gr- if we're growing the way we are Huh. It may be sooner we may because have to adjust
0: we need more classrooms. Yeah.
1: Byron Center is growing beyond their beyond their seams. I mean, they're putting an elementary on every th- every three years right now because of the growth out there. Wow. Ah, so I've
0: been to Byron Center recently and saw their construction Caledonia, projects. Hudsonville,
1: yep. Yep. a lot of area schools out that way are just really. Everybody's moving. Everybody wants to get out of the city and go out a little bit into the rural areas. Mm-hmm. So we're, and we're prime. We're right on Spring Lake. Yeah, you launch your boat right here in Fruitport and head out to Lake Michigan. Yeah. So just a lot of lot of good things happening
0: in well, Fruitport. Well, listeners can't see, but I see the big smile on your face and the pride, <laughs> your body language, and that's great. So, well, let me bring it back to the high school. What's your favorite part of the brand new construction, the new high school? Like, what what do you what do you, you know smile about the most? Uh, uh, so go I'm going to
1: tell you, we have our first, our very first um, act going on in the Performing Arts Center. That to me is the gem of this whole entire thing because if you've been at Fruitport, if you've graduated from Fruitport, our high school auditorium sat 187 kids. It was built in the 1950s and our graduating classes were 20, 21.
0: (laughs) So you you couldn't even hold like uh, you couldn't even hold a a class meeting there. there. Yeah. You're right. So
1: um, so then we had to go to the middle school and the middle school only held 375, 380, somewhere around there. Um, So I think the, the biggest thing I'm most proud of, and I can't wait for the community to see, is an actual show go on in that performing arts center, because it is, I don't think there's another performing arts center anywhere even close to the to the technology and, and the soundproofing and the HVAC, and just the pure, just beauty of it.
0: It, It's beautiful and functional, we'll see. And then, uh, so when you say show, so I think in plays and musicals, but have we had any concerts or anything Mm. yet there? That's
1: what's coming up first. We're going to have a choir choir concert and then a band concert, and then I think, and don't quote me on this, but the West Shore Symphony may be coming in to do a show, and there's some... There's some ex-fruport kids that actually are in that and okay. they want to bring it. They want to bring their they're there. They
0: should be. We should be using it as Absolutely. much as possible. I'd love to um, see lectures in there. I'd love to see all kinds of things. And I do yeah. know
1: this. We are going to be hosting a dance competition in May that was just approved. Um that just gonna generate lots of dollars for the community, lots of dollars for the school district, but also it's gonna bring people from all over the tri-state area not the tri
0: what do you mean a dance competition some kind of like i mean
1: like a starts friday night and sunday night so there will be anywhere from three to four hundred dancers a day starting from five-year-olds going up to 18 my daughter danced so i understand how this is going to work but that is going to bring people from indiana michigan ohio Kentucky Wisconsin so they this and is
0: something that's been established they've used a different location yeah. and they're going to give fruitports and, you know, and
1: they wanted to bring it to the west side of the state and nobody was willing to give it a shot and you know Jeff came to me Mr. Grossenbacher our, our performing arts center uh administrator and so, what do you think, John? I said, Well, I'm Jeff, I've got a little uh, expertise in this because my daughter danced for ten years, so uh, yes. it's not as hard as you think it is.
0: The lobby is going to so, be full with people yep. selling things too, and stuff. And like, it's yeah. going to bring
1: a lot of it's going to bring a lot of revenue into the into the, the town, the yeah. hotels, food. I mean, three straight days of this, it's twelve hours a day, so ah. they they just keep going. They come and go, come and go, come and I'm go. I'm
0: excited. So I hope that it's th-
1: going to be really good. And yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of interest out in the community of. Of shows coming in yeah and,
0: uh, i'd love to see the civic yeah. theater asked to use it and uh, and uh you know us to share this beautiful space with with the you know our community and our and i think yeah. they're
1: hosting the fifth quarter party here next year as well inside the the new cafeteria and leading it into the auditorium and that's well.
0: a big fundraiser for the education foundation yes. yes so great well uh um john one of the things that uh 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 well, I agree. It's the everything about the building is beautiful. One thing that's beautiful, but not like physically beautiful, is how many Trojan alumni were involved with this, right? <laughs> so, am I right? The architect was a Fruitport alumnus, right? So, yeah. So and, Matt, uh, Matt
1: <laughs> Slagle was the lead architect on the building. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, I believe, a '96 grad. Yep. Then you had myself, an '87 grad. Lauren Chesney was an 90 grad. She's
0: the high school high principal. School principal. Yeah. The
1: assistant principal is Rob Rogers. He graduated in 92. Gary Peasley, who is the OAK superintendent, graduated 92.
0: Wait, wait, what's what's that? What's the superintendent? What's that?
1: He is, so he's he was the, the one I talk to when there's an issue going on in construction. Him and I get together and we, and we settle so things. So he, he oversees coordinating all. Yes. all
0: the uh, construction all the trades. and trades and you were just coordinating that it's happening on our property schools and there's always changes going on
1: so they have to approve them so that my job is to get with gary and we go out and look at it and go yes that wall looks good there but man can we go can we go two foot that way and can we make that adjustment just to give it that much more of a of a look.
0: It was uh, it was is I think it's something that, that uh, was celebrated and should be celebrated that we had uh, so many, you know, great uh, Fruitport graduates involved with this yeah, project. It was so. Definitely.
1: I I don't know if there's another project around that's had that many alums in <laughs> in the positions they were in that were their part of it. Some board members as well. Dave Hayes camp um, was a was a 76 grad, I do believe. Yeah. Um, and he's our I school took board their, president. I took their class know. through and they were they were a couple people were crying. That's how beautiful it is it, and how much passion they had in this place, because they're just like this is I don't think they could have done any better. It, very uh, functional, very long lasting. Uh,
0: I've got to show it off to some of my friends that are from neighboring communities, uh, teachers at other schools, and they're really impressed with it too. And the Redman Company, it was—I stood by the entrance and watched people that this was their first time in the mm-hmm. building, and their amazed facial expressions and pride. Uh, former teachers that came back—it yeah. uh, was—it uh, was really something special. And uh, uh, and I'm glad. I'm glad that the students are uh, are. Uh, you know, uh, what's the right word? The students are appreciating. I think they're it.
1: appreciative of it, and I think it shows in the non the non vandalism we have in the building, the pride. I mean, you walk around at the end of the day. And it's just, there's not much trash on the ground. They just, they just, they're embracing it like it's their home. The kids are being
0: responsible and they're respecting the property, so. But I got to throw a little uh, tip of the hat to you because I I remember you telling a story about, right, this fall, this silly, silly thing with students with uh, the licking, right, which was the stealing of things around the schools that maybe kids would think are harmless but is not harmless. And and you talked about the big problem, and and I remember... uh, you and our and our colleague Fred Wilkes, you kind of sniffed out something that was going to happen, and you <laughs> caught these kids uh, just before yeah. you know something bad happened. Kids,
1: usually, kids give away just from body language. <laughs> yes,
0: and and I think that, uh, that that's amazing that you're not just good at like organizing you know logistics, but you really work well with people. Whether it's the staff you have to hire and the cleaning well, crew side, and, or the, and part know.
1: of that is we hire we have a we've had a long standing tradition here at Fruitport where we hire students all summer long. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of them working all winter long now, um, painting, delivering mail, delivering packages, moving furniture. Uh, their point of pride when they go back into the school and they see somebody destroying something, where they step up and say, Whoa, 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 I have to fix that. Yeah. Or do you know how much that costs to fix?
0: And so the students you know, are policing so themselves, so to taking, respectful there's some way. accountability on their side yeah.
1: as well. And I think the coaches are doing a great job with 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 holding their their student athletes accountable saying hey you know you, you see something going wrong you need to step up that's what leadership is
0: and that's great that that happens at the high school because my impression that there's a few more problems at our middle school level with yeah, that yeah it's, so, it's that whole age group yeah. dem-
1: demographic there
0: <laughs> so one thing that i, I want to you know compliment you on is that i think you're really well respected around around school i think most people love love that you work here and uh, just impressed with the job you do uh so uh, like, the, is that something you consciously worked on, like to try yeah. to just be, uh, you know, admired
1: and respected? Or is it just? I think it just goes to, I think it was the way I was brought up. Um, you, I'm going to tell you, the the biggest thing, I talk to the ISD, uh, CTC kids every year. Some of the kids aren't going to college, and they, they sometimes they feel like they're not as going to be as great of a citizen as that kid that graduates from college. So I go in and talk to him and say, listen, no matter what you do in life, you're taking care of people no matter what you do. Do what you love and love what you do. And that's what I do every single day. And I think customer service for me is number one. I just – I you have to put that customer first.
0: Who are your customers?
1: Everybody, the entire community. So the students, the parents, the staff, the faculty – um, the administrators, the board members. I, I, I try to, all my employees, I really push customer service. Listen, our job is to support this school system. That's what we do. When somebody asks us to do something, we just do it, you know?
0: Well, as someone who maybe often ask for help (laughs) you know uh hey our window's not working or the gas in the chemistry lab isn't working or the computer's not working it is great to know that there's a staff out there that cares about helping me so i can help my students and do my job so
1: and i think that starts that comes from the leadership above us too because there's a lot of schools that have cut their maintenance department and we've actually grown ours but i think we've grown it because they understand what we're doing as far as Look at the grounds. Look at the buildings. Yes, our buildings are old, but they're very well kept.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a pride that our maintenance guys take, our, our faculty takes, our students our students most of the time take. Um, I, I I think it's just a it's it's a great community, and I think it's bl- it blends from there.
0: Well, good. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, you know this podcast gets shared outside of our community at Fruitport in in West Michigan and out of state and other places, and I hope that uh, they can maybe take a few uh, nuggets of this, that, hey, take this to your community, community service, have heard, you know, uh, customer service, I mean, and uh, just having pride, it all works out, so.
1: And leadership is pretty simple. You, you, You set an expectation, but if you don't have accountability, you can't have expectations, and if you can't have accountability or expectations, what what is there? To, you have to have. There's got to be a bar. You have to set that bar. And sometimes it's tough, but you, you just got to keep. You got to keep grinding. You. you I want to be the best. I want this district to be the best. And it, and to me, it starts with me and these facilities.
0: Have you ever had to? And I and I think I know the answer. Where employees haven't met your expectations. Absolutely. And uh, and so what do you do in that situation as an you, operations director? You know,
1: you. I'll never say any names, but you you go through the protocols and use HR and, and if they're not cutting a mustard, sometimes you got to cut people loose and mm-hmm. I've had to do that. But you know what? It makes the district better.
0: Yeah. It's uh, you, it's you, not a fun part, but it's necessary. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's, it's part of management. Yeah. Sooner or later you, you have to do it. It's not, it's, it's, I never sleep well after I never sleep well before, but at the end of the day, I can hold my head high and say, you know what? It was the best decision for the district.
0: And I imagine that knowing you, that, you just don't blindside people. You're like, hey, no. this is something we got to work on. Otherwise, you know, you know, so, you know, there could be some changes made or something. Yep. Well, John, well, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. But we have one last question we offer. And you've kind of given some advice along the way with things. But we, we ask people that you have listeners listening. Uh, uh, what just uh, advice would you like to share so that they could benefit from? So I think I prepped you with this question. I'm not sure if you took the time or not. But, but what did, what's your best piece of advice you'd like to share?
1: I would say anything anything in life you have to be passionate about it for one thing. If you're not passionate about it then then find something else to do because a, a a great day at work is 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 awesome. It just makes your home life better. If you're upset at work all the time, you bring it home and it just makes your home life and your and your kids and it just brings everybody down, but I think the more positive you can be, right now we're in a little bit of a negative I don't know, negative time in the world right now mm-hmm. with the with the pandemic and there's 50% here, 50% there. The only thing we can control in life is our attitude. And if I present a negative attitude, then that's how I'm going to be perceived, not only not only from my employees, but from the staff, from the public. Just be passionate, take a lot of pride, you know, um Show up on time. That's a big one.
0: <laughs> so, you're, so you're giving some uh, more like career advice, right? Yeah. Like find something you're passionate about, and that will help you uh, have a great attitude about work, and that will be in all the other aspects of your life. Is Absolutely. kind of what I'm hearing you say. So,
1: yep. Do it again. Do what you love, and love what you do, because you'll never work a day in your life.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, I'm really glad that you have found it, and you are putting your skills to uh, benefiting the the students here at, at uh, Fruitport Community School, So. John, what a pleasure it uh, was to chat with you. Thanks I so much for, uh, for uh, <laughs> doing part, doing this. So.
1: That's it for this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at The Share Chair. Listen on our Spotify and SoundCloud. Or on our website, thesharechairpodcast.com for more.